Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is your commander in chief. Uh, I'm issuing a warning. The following podcast contains adult content and intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with Marina Shafir. What's up, Adam? How are you? I'm uh, good. Uh, Marina, you're looking very, very ripped. What's, what's, I you, look ripped today? You do. You look, you, your veins are popping out of your arms. They your muscles look out. bigger. Uh, maybe you just don't wear t-shirts. Is that what it is? No, 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 no. I've been lifting a lot. Like, I've been, I lifted like, I usually only lift uh, once, twice a week. Last week I lifted like three times. Oh, okay. But. My diet's been better. Really? Yeah. And, and then you're, and you're going to Bellator this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The plot thickens. So you're going to Bellator. <laughs> you're, no, no, you're, you're no, 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 no plot. No plot. I'm just getting back into shape because my head's getting, uh, getting, you know. Clear. Yeah, clear. And like, I'm starting to get an itch to fight. So nice. You know, like when you start like. Charging it, you just want to keep charging it. All right. Now, how was how was your week? It was a good week. I had a really good training week, and um, my car's still in the shop. Oh man! So how how you getting places? I have a I have a rental, but and it's insured. Okay. Which is fun to drive, but like I miss my little Honda Civic car. All right. So you're but you're training. You're training with Georgie, right? Mm-hmm. Georgie mm-hmm. Georgie Tekarian, who's fighting Bubba Jenkins. It's gonna be a good fight, actually. It's gonna be a really good fight. I uh, can't wait to see that fight. And um, and you're looking good. And your head, your head's clear. This is good. Now, now, do head you miss clear. tugboat guy? Not tugboat boy. He got mad last time. We called him tugboat boy. He's tugboat man, <laughs> right? Tugboat man. Can we now, just call him Popeye? Popeye. Do you miss Popeye? I do a little bit. A little, only a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. I like my space. Really? I like my space. Nice. Now, is yeah. is like your your vibrator just a hundred percent working right I now? I use a vibrator. Really? Just just fingers. <laughs> Don't use. All right. Okay, that's good. You're just, you're just. All right. Okay, that, that that's good. I mean, those those fingers. Have, I mean, did you ever get worried about the, like the hand wraps? And anyway. Oh all right, my so, god. So just, this... just, 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 we just got to a really weird place. All right. Um, Can we just talk about your week? It yes. always just seems to get more normal when you start talking about yourself. Oh, thanks. I, <laughs> that's actually true. That's that's probably the truest statement. Um, my week was. I, I had a rough week. My 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 friend Randy, who was sick, he passed that's away. Right. That that was that was really. My condolences. Uh, that was that was rough. I went to go see him Monday in the hospital. I don't know if you ever seen anybody on the hospital bed, but it, it is is brutal. You see, he's you know he's laying there and his girlfriend's there and his father's there like crying and you know and it was just uh, that was that was that was terrible. Uh, that was awful, and I didn't know what to say. And it's hard for me because as a comedian, you know, you always I always want to make people feel better by laughing, you know. But you know, I don't want to make like a joke at the same time. I'm like, well, what would Randy want? So he's he's lying there on the on the on the bed. He can't talk. He's he's like got a couple days to to live. And I was like, you know, just thanking him for all he's done for the kids. Because I don't know if you listen. Randy was the high school wrestling coach. I started a middle school wrestling program, and then the kids wanted to wrestle in high school, so I started a high school program. Mm-hmm. And he was the high school coach. And uh, I didn't know what to say. So I was like, hey man, thanks for all, thanks for all your what you did. 
uh, and then I said, then I, then I, met, and then I was like, you know, by the way, you know, because we always talk about how hot one of the mothers is. Mm-hmm. This, this, this one kid's mom was really hot, so I'm like, oh, by the way, you know, X and those moms pretty hot, like, mm-hmm. which is like weird to say that to somebody when they're lying there. But then the girlfriend was like, you know, he always does talk about what's the name's mom, you know, like, so it was like it was nice. And then I felt bad. I was like, the fuck, what kind of thing is that to say? I could have said so many other things, and I'm I'm like beating myself up all day. But like, you made the moment. And you didn't even realize it. Like you help you. Got actually help the situation a little bit I, I you know what my friend told me my friend kurt he's like listen if i'm on my deathbed you better t- tell a fucking joke <laughs> he's exactly like, he's like you're a comedian but at the time i don't know i was kind of beating i'm like man i gotta it was a weird moment for me uh i know and you know it was just tough it was tough and then i was beating myself up for making a joke then i wasn't and it was one of those things it's gonna be a constant battle for the rest of your life and then and then i was but then i'm then while i'm at the hospital i get a phone call from my dad because my my dog mm-hmm. I, I told you my dog i have an attack dog he was used as bait for fighting pit bulls i don't know what they do they take these these little dogs these chihuahuas and jack russells and little sometimes, sometimes cats and when they have dog fighting if one dog isn't being aggressive, they'll throw a little dog in there, and then the, and then one dog will attack the little dog. The other dog attacks that dog, and then they usually take the dog that was the, the, as bait and just drop it off at the shelter if it's alive. So this is the dog my ex girlfriend brings home. What? Yes, yeah, so that, that's so. So my ex. So these the, people need to be shot. I agree. So my my ex girlfriend couldn't we, when we were together. She brings home this dog. I'm I'm away on the road and brings home this dog that has one ear. We both have the same cauliflower ear, which is kind of funny. Uh, and um and it's but it's very very dog aggressive. Like we took it to the dog park. It, it beat up every dog within three seconds. And it goes for the throat. It doesn't go for for the fight. It goes to for the kill. And then um. So then my, my ex couldn't take care of him. She's like, listen, I can't take care of this dog. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to either give it back. I know if it, if it goes back, it's going to get put down. So I'm like, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take the dog. You know, I'm, Plus, I told you about the fight I got into where the dog had my back in the fight. Mm-hmm. So once, once a dog has your back in a fight, he's your dog. You know? That's my dog. So, so um, anyway, so I have this dog now. And, uh, and when I'm on the road, I give it to my dad. To, to take care of. Oh my God. That's so adorable. while I'm at the hospital with my friend, my dad calls me that my dog bit my stepmom, right? She, she, she was, you know, rubbing it the wrong way. She was, you know, she put her, 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 her nose up to the dog's nose. The dog snapped, bit her in the face, right? So now I'm, so now, now I'm going from the hospital to pick up my dog. So anyway, long story short, I'm trying to figure out what do I do? Cause my dad's got a bad hip. He doesn't like walking the dog. My stepmom's now scared of him. Um, you are just in a mess right now. So I'm thinking I'm, I'm going to use it as a service. I'm going to get it as a service dog because I went to my marijuana dealer and it's so funny. When, at, the, at the weed shop, it says, hey, is your dog an emotional companion? You can get a, for a couple hundred dollars, you can, you can get a service, say it's a service dog. But my service dogs that have, have like a muzzle. So, <laughs> yes. Wait, okay. So I've been wondering about that in California. I see so many dogs where I'm like, how is it's complete bullshit. Dog? It's 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 the marijuana right? doctor. I get I get, yeah. I get I get mad when I see like sto- um, dogs in like the store, and I'm like, I want to bring my dog in here. Oh yeah, it's it's for like yeah. two hundred dollars. Two hundred bucks. The same the quote unquote doctor that has no medical equipment ah! that looks like Willie Nelson and has earrings. It, it, he'll he'll write you a prescription for your dog. Right. But and I, I and I never question it because I'm like you know awesome. what? So, well, some people need like emotional dog support, right? Like, yeah, so I never question on. that. But. Too many times here in LA, I see more. It's of the, complete nonsense. You see more dogs with them but than can, without them. But I could take them with me to like to hotels and stuff. That's the thing. I don't have to leave yeah. it on my dad. But I'll have to wear a muzzle. People are gonna be like, "Why does your service dog have a muzzle?" 
yeah, I'm gonna say, well, you know, uh, it's an emotional companion. He's emotionally fucked up, so am I. So we're companions. That's that's gonna be my my He's protective. Go- <laughs> He's protective. Yeah, I'm gonna be the first guy to have an emotion. I'm I'm basically his emotional fucking service friend. He's not really mine. So that's that's what I'm. Uh, that's fucking. I've never. I've always wanted to uh, like take mochi. Like to the mall? Yeah. You can't take her to the mall. T- for $200. For $200. Can, you can go to your marijuana doctor <laughs> and easily... But the thing is, he has to evaluate the dog. So I'm just, I'm a little nervous that if I take him in, he's going to bite the doctor. Why don't you give him... No, you know what? You do give him an edible. Give the dog an edible? Give the dog an edible right before you come into the Is that the legal? He'll fucking die. I'm not going <laughs> to... Die? I, you're not supposed to give edibles for it's the... It's just the, a little bit of marijuana. That's... that's he'll the, totally relax and he'll pass the test. He'll be... Uh, no. He's, that, your doctor's going to be like, give me this dog because this dog is so adorable. Yeah, he's going to be like, your dog's dead. Why is your dog fucking... You're bringing no, in your a dead dog service is, dog. I'm not, not, I'm not giving him an edible. He might fall asleep. He's not going to die. Well, that, oh, yeah. I'm going to be carrying a fucking a dog that's passed out to get that service thing. I don't know. No. So that's that's one thing. And then uh, I had shows all weekend. I did a show. I'm just saying that's a problem easily solved. It's giving them an edible? I don't know. I don't think you can give dog weed weed edibles. I don't think that's healthy. What, what if it's not, what if he's like, you know how strong the fucking weed in California is? The, I know, I mean, but like, you, I take you edi- don't give him a whole edible. You give him a little bit of one. Is that what they do in Moldova? They fucking give dogs edibles? I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. You're gonna Bill Cosby your dog. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, right. I'm gonna fucking. Then, then the next thing I know, there's gonna be 37 other dogs saying that I gave him edibles. You know, they're all gonna come out of the woodwork. Oh my god. I'm gonna put it in the pudding pop. Oh my god. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not giving my dog an edible, but I, I am. You should though. Making it a bullshit service dog. Anyway, so that's. Uh, and then I had shows all week. I did show at the ranch, and there's a guy who wants to be on our show. Who actually, he's a good fighter. He's the. He, he, he's 20 years old. He's the lead instructor at the pit up in NorCal. The pit? The pit, which is like John Hackleman, favorite, uh, famous mm, gym. Okay. And uh, he's, his name's Castle Williams. You have a name named Castle Williams. You're going to be a fighter or a porn star. I mean, what else are you going to do? It's a pretty awesome name. Uh, he's, two, he's, he's undefeated. He's 2-0, two, two and oh, but uh, he's got one more fight at Tachi Palace, and then I think he might be get, get the call for the UFC. He came to my show. I brought all his friends. He loves our podcast, by That's the way. That's awesome. And um, he brought this woman in the front that had these huge boobs. She must have been like 40, and she's just being kind of loud, and I'm having fun. It's with her husband. And I go, anybody have implants here? And she just flashes me. Her tits. I mean, she was like a parent at the gym. I mean, she was like, <laughs> like he Castle brought her, and then, uh, and then the husband's mad at her for flashing, which I don't blame. I, I, I'd be mad too, but I didn't say, hey, let me see your tits. She just, you know, just let him out. Let him out. So it wasn't my fault, but he's looking at me as if it was my fault. <laughs> so that was Wednesday night. Oh my god. And then I had, uh, I had, I had a show Friday night where this woman's texting the whole time, right? Uh, the whole time, and I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, oh, I've been stood up. Uh, so I'm like, oh, by who? You, by sucks. by your boyfriend? And she's like, no, by my girlfriend. So so it was a lesbian who got stood up. So I was like, man, women can be tough. You know, I was trying to relate. And then uh, <laughs> I'm like, there are plenty of fish in the sea, and you like fish. You know, it was one of those. I had it was a plethora of jokes that just opened up. Uh, so that was that was Saturday. Sunday, I had a show at a. a I got hired to do a private birthday party. Who's some some girls who's like a lawyer, this hot Asian lawyer. Who was like thir- who loves you? She just liked me. She off the internet. She hired me to perform at her birthday party, pr- private show. How much show. did you pay to do that? Uh, pretty good, good money. It was good money. Yeah, it was good That's money. That's fucking awesome. So, um, yeah, that was cool. It was like all, her whole family was there, and it was. You uh, just got paid to be yourself for a birthday. 
Well, I got to do comedy. I know, but that's who you are. Well, yeah, it's still an art form. I don't just show up and, you know. <laughs> like a, 15, look at this yeah. artist. It's like, a 15. Like, try not showing off, Adam. Like, no, it's, no, it is. It no, is. I mean, that's gangster. Like, is that like a house? Like, no, it was a, a bar. They rented out the bar. And then uh, she her bucket list was to do stand-up comedy. So she did f- three minutes and then hired me to actually, you know, to do. It was, it was really fun. It was a lot of fun. That's a really good bucket list. Like, so, so that was cool. Thing. Uh, did that on that was that was Sunday. Then another show on Sunday. I went from there another show where literally there's like some strange people together. I couldn't figure out like guy with long hair and and big. It was just strange. And then some guy in the front, and they they were turns out I'm like, are you guys here for some? What are you guys? You guys meet at the bus stop? What's going on? And you're like, oh, we're here for a porn convention. And the then, fuck? so they were all, the, I guess there's a sex toy convention in town, <laughs> and they were all the vendors and stuff. And then there was a. Then there was a, a minister in the front who was there separately by himself. Like Creepy. Yeah, it was just, which of course opened up at that. I'm like, I thought he was kidding. I feel like God is fucking with you. No, I was like, I'm like, I can tell <laughs> or you. Or he's giving you the perfect audience. Yeah, he gave, he gave me the perfect <laughs> audience. But the, but the craziest part, Saturday night uh, at a show in San Diego, there was this like old black guy. The guy must have been like 80 years old with his daughter. And I, he was like kind of nodding off. I'm like, are you, are you, are you still with us, sir? You know? And, um. And then I go, he goes, I go, hey, sir, we, you know, are, are you married? What's the deal? He goes, so he's real quiet and everyone's quiet and it's, everyone's having fun. It's kind of awkward. He goes, oh, my, my first wife lied. Uh, my, he goes, my first wife died from eating poison mushrooms. This is what he tells me. And I'm on stage and everyone's like, oh, it's just really awkward. I That's was like, a really weird way to just get it like super silent. Right. So then I'm like, oh, well, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, he goes, yeah, my, my second wife got her head cracked. I go, I go, why? He goes, she wouldn't eat the mushrooms. Do you get a lot of participants at your like shows? No, I know it was like the Mad Lib comedy wow. show. Everyone just had their own. That's I, like ultimate rebuttal. Yeah. Oh, and the place went ballistic. You know, I mean, the guy, it was hilarious. That was really, really funny. <laughs> Did you pay him? No, I should have. I mean, it was like. Fuck, man. That was awesome. Oh, he got me good. I was laughing. I asked him if he could open for me. But uh, Michael Chandler came to the show. It was it was great seeing Michael Chandler and then uh uh, uh what who oh, fucking uh, uh, the pro wrestler came to my show um, Randy Savage Randy Savage passed away <laughs> uh, he he wouldn't have come to my show Owen Chuck Hart. Palumbo you know Chuck oh Palumbo. Chuck Palumbo he has a show on Discovery Channel yeah and he actually gave me the shirt. He's uh, he gets, yeah, he gets, nice. What? Yeah, yeah, Chuck yeah. Palumbo. Wa- I I watched his um his Discovery Channel show where they like rebuild cars. Yeah, so he yeah, he, he goes out and finds cars in a junkyard and brings them back. Yes, he's one of the coolest guys ever, Chuck yeah. Palumbo. Uh, That's awesome. And he was giving me the inside scoop you on. You always wrestling. have the best weeks. Really? Come on. I've had not an exciting week. He's a Hollywood guy. You're, seriously, you're a fighter. The only thing that I was expi- ex- like excited about or s- anything was my mom is coming in town too. That weeks. is awesome. I guarantee okay. if you wrote down a little more detailed your weeks, they'd be just as exciting. I don't think so. But you probably like, man, you know, I'll just come to the show and be myself. That's Am the- I jaded? A little Does bit. Does this make me jaded? You're not jaded. God well, damn you're, it. You're, you're on this side of town. You're on the west side. Like, he's in Hollywood. He's Mr. Like, mover and he, shaker. Yeah. Mover and shaker. No, but you're, you're, you you get exposed to a lot more than the average person being in that in that world. Well, also, my job right. is, like, to like to provoke laughter. Yeah, you know? Exactly. So when you try to provoke laughter, people are going to fucking show their tits or old guys are going to say crazy things or lesbians are going to get stood up. It's just like, it's not a, it's not like going to a job where you have to clock in. Right. And I'm not saying anything is wrong with that. I Obviously, we need that. But it's just a matter of like, 
you know, part of my job is like one of the beautiful things about my I'm job. I'm going to tell you what the highlight of my day today is going to be. Sure. Kicking out a bum out of my coffee shop for trying to pee in the corner. Really? That is going to be like the highlight of my day. Does that happen a lot? Uh, yes. The same guy? No. Bums come and pee but, in the no, corner? No, they, like, they try to like live in the coffee shop. Oh my God. Try to steal food, all that shit. They like, they'll put poop on the walls in the bathroom. Oh my God. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. I once worked at a gym. It was a. Uh, I worked at a gym that, that became Legends before it was Legends in Hollywood. It was a. Uh, they I had used like to bartend at a bar named Legends. Really? Yeah. Where? In Albany, New York. So so this right. So this this gym though they had a DJ at the gym, and it was like it was like a, there's no one ever worked there right. Mm -hmm. But I, I worked the midnight shift. I worked from like midnight till eight in the morning, uh, and I had to go from like comedy to there. And then homeless people would, would show up all the mm -hmm. time. And they, I remember they, they gave me a baseball bat. And they go, this is the security. And I'm like, 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 like well, I could just hit people with baseball bats? Like, that's like, awesome. I was like, that's fucking insane. I remember homeless. So Rampage's trainer owns that, right? Uh, he did. Chris Chris Riley. The polyamorous. Yeah, yeah. Chris guy. Riley, who I, I see a lot. He, he's a, a Muay Thai guy uh, who, who uh, I think he might have two wives. Um, he had a wife and then he had a girl on the side. It was like a Showtime show. He used to run Legends yeah. and I used to go to Legends. I remember I lived across the street. Yeah. A couple of hot chicks on the, on his shoulders. Oh, it, it was the craziest gym. It was like, at the time, it was like Scott Epstein was there. Where uh, is this? It was in Hollywood and like Dan Hardy and Conor McGregor, Eddie Bravo did Muay Thai. Uh, I mean, I mean, I did jujitsu. Uh, it was like right on on like La Brea, and then it was uh, it was all these guys. So I remember, I remember sitting there, and this kid comes in with a hat to the side, all cocky. And I was like, it came to wrestling class, and I was tired. I'm like, oh, I don't feel like going. On. I, I just did two hours of wrestling, and then uh, and this guy comes in. I'm like, man, man, this guy thinks he's all that. It was your eye. It was your eye of favor. <laughs> like, the guy would have fucking. <laughs> wrecked me there was some monsters that came out of there yeah, yeah. rampage was, was there because uh, that's when i first opened up it was opened by boz root and randy guitar owned it or they, mm -hmm. they had their name attached to it and they brought in all in these, hollywood yeah they brought on in all Sunset, these right? on, it was on la brea, la brea how long ago is this it's still open seven eight years no it's not not no? legends no it's, it's not legends anymore but it's still there it's still it's like, still there but it's nothing there yeah. they closed it yeah, yeah, yeah. um oh wait they closed there so there was a gym even after that it was kind of like, it was still run down we used it for a couple shoots. Oh, really? Yeah. It was actually a it was a crazy gym. There was a lot of drama going on there yeah. behind the scenes that I didn't know about. Yeah. I remember like Toby got banned from there, Toby Greer, and then like it was just not all this stuff going on. But it was pretty cool. I remember I remember Dan Hardy. I remember Dan Hardy coming to wrestling practice, and they were like, "Go with him." And, and, I, <laughs> and at the time, like I'm, I took Dan Hardy down. I'll, I'll just I'll just say it. You know, Dan wrestling wasn't his strongest point, but I got to give Dan credit because. Dan Hardy, every practice was like, I'm going with you. I'm going with you. I'm going with you. And he got better every practice. And he had no ego. I mean, no ego. And that's and that's when I was like, man, this guy. I met him once. He's a fucking, he's a pretty chill dude. Solid dude. Yeah. Solid dude. But uh, I remember him telling me like, oh, I'm fighting GSP. And I'm, and I'm like, dude, I'm gonna, this guy's going to get fucking murdered. <laughs> like, 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 I mean, I mean, no offense, but I'm, I'm fucking 29. I've been on like uh, antidepressants the last 10. I'm not on the greatest fucking workout regiment. And, and I'm taking this, I'm a comedian and I'm taking this guy down, you know? Uh, and then he went five rounds against GSP because he was knocking fuckers out. There was a point where yeah. he, he like, he won five in a row then he lost four in a row. But at the time he was, I mean, he would just- He's very uh, heavy handed. Yeah, and I remember, remember Connor Hewn telling me like, "Man, I wouldn't want to fight that guy," and I and I was so confused because I'm like, Connor, you just 
you're just you're murdering him in wrestling. He goes, yeah, but dude, his stand up is is a different level of stand up. Yeah, and, uh, and he was ahead of his time when it was Dan Hardy time. Yeah, like his, you know, he was the Rory McDonald of that period. Do you know what I mean? Like everybody is like so ballistic of Rory's striking now. Yeah, he was like the same. Everybody looked at him like the same. He had heavy heavy hands, and yeah. he and he would have fun in there. But I, but I just remember Dan Hardy was like. The coolest guy. He would come to my comedy shows, and he was just mm-hmm. a, a fucking chill dude. And I hope to see him back in the octagon. Whatever he, Dan Hardy's gonna do, yeah, he's really he's nice gonna guy. be great at. He's a great commentator. His fiance you know? or, or wife is that his wife now? The, the new one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, she's super nice. Oh yeah, she's super nice. Hey everybody, I'm here with the monster Kevin Randleman, one of the, uh, a legend in the UFC, former UFC champion, here with Marina Shafir. How are you, Kevin? Hi, Kevin. How are you guys? Good. Good. By the way, thanks for coming to the show last week. It was great seeing you, brother. It was awesome. You guys are some funny motherfuckers. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> it was uh, it was an honor, man. So how now? How everyone wants to know, Kev? How are you, man? Uh, I remember last time you were on the show, you were you were feeling good. You were thinking about getting back and fighting, calling out Tito Ortiz, and then you got staff action, a staff action again. Is that what happened? Um, no, I had a hip. I had hip replacement. Wow. You had a hip replacement. Yes. All the years of grinding and um, training and fighting, wrestling, took its toll on me. My uh, my bad hips. I'm sorry. You're 43. I'm 44. You're 44, and you had a hip replacement. Wow. So I mean, so now, 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 what did that entail? I mean, how how long were you out for? Um, it almost killed me. I was in the hospital. I had necrosis of the hip. They didn't know. Um, it, for 10 days, they didn't know what was going to happen, and. Finally, they came back. It took me six months to get a hip. Okay. Um, but I, I've been hobbling and using crutches for the last two years. Um, but they finally gave me. I, need, I knew I needed a hip, but the doctor that I was working with was an idiot, and he just kept pushing it off. Um, he pushed it off too long, and it got infected. And next thing you know, I was in the hospital fighting for my life. Um, another doctor came in, um, took me through the steps of how, what I needed to do to get a new hip. I got a new hip, and now I'm... Um, I put on 25 pounds and I'm looking good and I can, and I still fucking call out Tito Ortiz. <laughs> oh my God. I love you. That's awesome. I mean, so, I mean, so you, even with the hip replacement think you could be Tito Ortiz? I don't think, I don't think about it. It's, it's a no brainer. I'm, I, I, I would be, I, I'll always be able to be Tito Ortiz. <laughs> now I remember you telling us that when, uh, when, when Mark Coleman lost to Randy Couture, and uh, yeah. and Tito Ortiz was in the crowd talking shit to Mark yeah. Coleman. You were home, you saw it on TV, and then you got outside and ran towards the arena. Uh, no, it wasn't ran towards the arena. I was just putting on my clothes to go towards the arena and go wherever Tito Ortiz was because <laughs> the disrespect that he gives people is just like uncalled for. The sport that the sport that we've helped build, it's bigger than us. Yeah. So when he's out in the crowd acting like a dickhead, that is very wise out, of you. Calling out a calling out a legend and a, and a hall of famer and Mark Coleman, who's given his life to this damn sport, um, it's just uncalled for, and, and somebody's just smacking him in his fucking face. <laughs> so so, what do you think would have happened if you would have saw Tito that night? I mean, you would have just 
I would have beat Kato fucking ass wherever the fuck he was. I am not the type of guy. I don't go around with an entourage of people with me. I'm one motherfucker. You see me come through the door, that's who I am. I walk by myself, I talk shit by myself, and I fight by myself. You know what, Kevin? So, yes. Seriously, I believe you. <laughs> I believe you so hard. <laughs> I really just by like the tone in your voice, man. If I if I could bet on you, I would. I totally would. Uh, well, you know what? I'm I'm definitely not over. I'm only 44, and I'm still I still got a bug up my my butt to always fight. You know. <laughs> so uh, if, if the fans make the fight, so all the fans got to do is just keep tweeting and saying, "Well, we bring back one of them old legends." Because uh, Tito Ortiz really, to me, he's when he fights someone tough, he gets his ass handed to him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, Tito, Tito's a legend. You're, you're, you're a legend. Uh, you, I was, I was watching some of your stuff last last night because I, I, I really enjoyed going watching your old fights. But you know, you were um, a state champion in high school. Then in college, as a freshman, you lost one match, and that was the NCAA finals. Then you won it as a sophomore, won the NCAA's as a junior. Would have won it as a senior, but you were in prison or in jail, right? <laughs> I wasn't in jail. I felt like I was in jail, though. It was baby mama drama. Oh, yeah, baby mama drama. I mean, it was, uh, basically, uh, as far as one of the best wrestlers in college of all time, shouldn't you be in the discussion? Um, you know what? I'm glad that you said that, but as far as I'm concerned, I did. I did what I did, and I loved what I did, and... If people want to talk about it, it's fine. But, you know, there are so many great wrestlers that came after me. So many great wrestlers that came after me and have made such great, better, stronger statements and, and marks with their careers. Um, I was like a flash in the pan. Like, but I, I, it was one of those things that just helped me catapult me to be a, a good fighter once I got the shot to be, a, uh, be, a, be an MMA guy. How was how a, a three-time All-American, two-time national champion, a flash in the pan? <laughs> I, I, that's not a flash in the pan, Kevin. That's, that's Come on. Give me a break. Well, you know, the, the, I didn't finish my last year. You know, I, I walked away when I, when I could have been, been put in there with the John Smiths and that, but I didn't. I walked away. Um, and, you know, that's, that's, there's not much I can say about that. If I could have, should have, would have, could have. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Now, now, but then, I, Go on. Go ahead. No, go on, please. No, no. Really, what I was going <laughs> to say was probably something about Tito. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> then definitely go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Then go ahead, please. No, I've got to just joke. All right. Now, but I like I like the young lady on your show. Uh, she 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 she's a spitfire. I like the fact that she likes what I say. Well, well, <laughs> well. I don't know if you know Marina Shafir or about her. But uh, as far as judo, uh, she was ranked one of the best judo girls in the in in the in the uh, country. Uh, she was she was an uh, right. You were uh, only for a really short period. of She time. was one of the best, and now she's a pro fighter. She was undefeated as an amateur. Uh, she's a pro fighter who's thinking about she's going to go to Bellator this week to uh, watch to watch to hint, watch. Hint hint. Uh, so uh, any advice for a girl like Marina Shafir from Kevin Randleman? <laughs> any advice for me? Yeah. Um, no, 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 keep... no, 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 Kevin to you, oh, not, not Kevin. you to I was Kevin. Like, um, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Shoot, I mean, she's already done it. She's already a champion in her own right of being a judo shit. I mean, when you can throw somebody across the room, <laughs> I mean, I pick guys up and throw them across the cage. I mean, it's, it's right on point. All you got to do is remember, tuck your neck. Don't let nobody grab it. <laughs> yeah, that's for <laughs> but, sure. 
you're um you're if if grab your attach your wagon to a very strong camp or if you're not if you haven't already yeah. any bullshit that you see coming inside your camp is nonsense in order to be a champion you have to have you know like tunnel vision like yeah. you have to see yourself beating that girl's butt for six weeks straight and if there's any bull crap, uh, you know, obviously we both can, we both understand what it takes, but like, you know, drugs, uh, rock and roll, the, the drinking, all that stuff is cool. But when you're training for a fight, the focus is the tunnel vision of you beating the piss out of that girl, throwing her on her head and breaking her face in. This is what you do. And if this is what you want to do. Believe me, there's a lot of people out there that would be willing to, to, help champion a champion like yourself thank you i really appreciate that no no yeah no no no. kevin what do you think about the whole john jones getting busted for uh cocaine you know i um i i wish him a speedy recovery to get back because the sport of mma right now we have a champion his name is john jones you can dislike him you can hate him but he's a great champion and nobody can beat him. Yeah. So um, we all have mistakes in our lives. We all do things, you know, and hopefully nothing costs someone else their life or John Jones his life. We all make mistakes. I've made a million mistakes, and I've gotten forgiven for every one of them. So I just hope him a speedy recovery. And um, if he's listening, you know, I, he, he respected me when we met. He gave me all the, all the respect in the world, and I just hope that he... I hope that that he can help him. I hope that he can fix the problem that he's having right now, and get back to get back to the fans that really love him. Yeah, no, it's, because it's, yeah, he's a, he's a great champion, and I don't care if he seems a little flamboyant, if he seems a little cocky. I'm sorry, every champion is a cocky motherfucker because you're the champion, you know. Um, but you can't knock him for that. When he gets knocked down a peg or loses a fight, then everyone's going to come back and be waiting for John Jones to avenge that loss. But until we get there, I'm just so happy that we have some of the champions that we have in the sport. John Jones, the, uh, the Anderson Silva's, um, you know, just we have some great champions that kids can really look up to. And, and I don't want to see those things change. And I don't want to see a black black eye on the sport that we've, we've all loved so much and that we hope to see build up into greater things. You know, I can't wait to see, um, uh, Conor McGregor making Floyd Mayweather money. That'd be some sick, that'd be some sick shit. Right. Or Ronda Rousey making some Floyd Mayweather money. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or you making some of that Floyd yeah. Mayweather money. <laughs> right. Right. No, absolutely. No, no, I, I gotta say, I was looking at some of your earlier fights. You were saying that you fought in Brazil, uh, and, uh, uh back in the day, where they threw you out of the ring and then guys were attacking you and they threw you back in the ring? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. It was crazy. Brazil, Brazil, if you were going to become a fighter, I couldn't think of an, any better way to get initiated into the sport than have to fight three freaking Brazilian men who have fought Valley Tudo all their life in the street and you know, and, and climb into a ring and fight these guys because it's their ring, it's their country. And, you know, they had the, the you know, you punch someone, you fall on the ground. It's hot down in Brazil. So we're sweating and the mats had got blood on it from the previous fights and all that stuff. So we're sliding across the mats and sliding across the ring. Cause it's a boxing ring. 
Well, on the bottom of the ring, there's no mesh tape or anything to keep the guy from sliding out. So Ebenezer Braga was, I'd punch him like a robo, like a, like a robo, like a robo, robot across the floor. And when he would get out, I knew he was hanging out, but I figured, shit, he should have fell out. And then when I'd look up, I'd look up and his cornerman would be over in my corner next to Mark Coleman, holding Ebenezer Braga's back up so he doesn't fall out. And I look up and he kicks me in the face with his, the heel of his foot. My eye instantly swells up, shut, closed, and what he gets that? out. He gets out of the ring. They pull him out, and he walks back around to his corner, walks up the stairs, do do do, gets in the ring. I'm sitting there looking at Mark like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Jesus. Mark's like, get him. Go get him. <laughs> put him back down on the ground and punch him some more. And sure enough, put him back on the ground, boom, boom, across the mat, looked up again, he hits me in the other eye. I uh, I was blind going into my second and third fights. That's crazy. And then and then and uh, Coleman was your corner when you fought Boz Rutten, Didn't Coleman say to 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 take his blood and blind him with his own blood? He told. I mean, Mark Coleman. I love him. If it wasn't for Mark Coleman, I would not not have been a national champion wrestler the way I was dominating because. With a guy like Mark Coleman behind you, you can it's almost impossible for us to fail. Because we we work so hard and failure is just not an option, you know, when you're so training, powerful. you're going into when we go into battle, we, we beat each other so bad in practice that there is not one person on this planet that can do worse than what Mark and all them other big ass heavyweights did to me in practice. So walking in to fight someone that weighed two hundred and sixty five pounds Six seven. That was a, it. Was a piece of cake for me, and that was who I fought my last fight. Ebenezer Braga. He ended up choking me out twenty five minutes. Yeah, we fought straight too. It was like one fight. My first fight was seventeen minutes. My second fight was like fourteen minutes straight. And my last fight was like twenty four minutes straight. No time limits, just straight. You know what I want to go do right now, Kevin? Do you? You, what? you know what I want to go do right now? I seriously just want to leave this podcast and go train. <laughs> really? Based on I'm that. like, this is like the pre-workout I haven't had in a really long time. So. Well, I will pump you up, believe me. I'm 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 that guy. Call me a you great totally a great are. Uh, Jeez. pump man. So wait, so wait, so Col so so you're fighting Boz Rutten, he's bleeding, and Coleman's yelling at you, take his blood and put it in his own eye in his own eye so he he can't see. Put it in his eyes, Randleman. <laughs> Blind him with the blood. <laughs> Smear it in his face. Stick your finger in the cut. Pull it. Mark Coleman, he, he just won. He wanted me to put my, uh, when I was in Brazil, one of the guys stuck his finger in. Oh, he tried to bend my finger back. I broke, I break both of my thumbs because every time I feel a punch or whatever, I broke both my thumbs and the guy pulled my finger. So I took my finger and put it in his cut and tried to rip it open. Oh my God. He tapped short. He tapped. Yeah, well, you got you got your finger in his cut, and that's oh yeah, right above his left eye. <laughs> I tried to rip that son of a bitch open. Wow. Now uh, it, it it introduced me to how vicious the sport is. It it got me acclimated on how great and how, how gruesome and how how violent the sport can be, but how at the same time, like when you're fighting somebody and you're getting punched and it doesn't hurt. It's like wow, like I'm mo I'm the most invincible motherfucker on the planet. You just feel empowered. You feel so strong, 
and you can't wait for the next punch to come. So I'd go back to my room after the first fight and just sitting there, just I would just pace like, man, I'm going to fuck this dude up. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Let's go. Mark would say, just calm down, Randall. I'm going to sit down sleep. Go to sleep. How can I sleep right now? I'm getting ready to go fight another dude. And sure enough, they would call me. And I'd be so much, I'd be still pumped from the first fight going into the second fight. And like, it took two hours for this fight to get done. But Mark Coleman, man, he's never going to let you think that you're losing. But his face never lies. So <laughs> when I, when he was looking at my face and I had my my nose was broken, my my teeth came through my lips, my eyes were both swollen shut, my thumbs were swollen, my hands were swollen, my kneecap, my left kneecap was broke. I mean, his face couldn't lie to me. He looked at he looked at me and just gave me a hug, put my head on his chest, and was like, "It's all right, Randall." You know, it made me feel better, but you know. The doctor made me feel better when he gave me some pain meds. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, did you ever think of yourself like you're in you're in Brazil, you got all that going on? Did you ever think about yourself, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> Maybe I should have just, uh, you know, been a wrestling coach or something. Did, you, did that ever like cross your mind? Never once in my life. I don't have regrets like that. I'm a, I'm I'm a, I'm the type of guy that I need I need excitement, or I just I'll I'll just trip up and die. Right. So if you threaten me, hey, let's go jump out some planes. I'm in. <laughs> you want to go blow some stuff up in the mountains? We're let's not going to get in trouble? Do I'm it. in. Yeah, let's go blow some you shit up. You want to repel down the side of MGM? We're going to get arrested? I'm in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so if Tito Ortiz, for the living. So if Tito Ortiz wanted I, to fight you right now. If He's Tito in. Ortiz, if someone said that Tito Ortiz and Kevin Random could fucking fight right now, I'd kiss my wife, go to school and hug my son and disappear for three months. Oh, my God. And when you see me, you would swear up and down that God, the gods have blessed me because I would be ready to kill Tito Ortiz. Every punch he would throw at me, I would eat. I'd smile at him. I'd smile and spit blood in his face. But I guarantee you, I would be one mean motherfucker on the day that Tito Ortiz and Kevin Randall were about to get down. Oh, man. Nothing would matter. Nothing. No fucking sex. Nothing. My wife would just get a kiss and she would kick me out herself. I like your wife, by the way. Your wife is awesome. His wife is like six foot two from Brooklyn. I she's, love it. She's like a throwback. She's she's like a, a real woman. That's I like awesome. Your, your wife she is, is a real woman too, and you don't want her to throw you back. She's fearless. Now, now, before your wife, right? When you knock out uh, Crow Cop in in uh, Japan, right? You knock out Crow mm-hmm. Cop in one round. Are you just? I, I know you, I don't want your wife to hear this, but are, is it just Japanese orgies? I mean, are, are, is it like Hello Kitty chicks just lining yes, up? Yes, absolutely. Oh my god! Dude, I'm writing a book, right? I'm writing a book. Yeah, Adam, you know I'm writing a yeah, book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can guarantee you right now that as soon as it's done, Adam, you, you, Joe Rogan, Dana White, the Petitas are all going to get a book because it's it's no holds barred, uncut. It's for real. It's what happens. Sex was sex was appealing to everybody that was in Japan. If there was a girl in your crew, that girl could have got laid by anyone, any numerous star, star fighter that was there. Wow. You know, I mean, it was just like so. That. You just and, had and pussy thrown at you like constantly, like, and that's when you had to turn your head movement off because you didn't want to dodge I, it. 
true. Listen, make no fun. You can make a joke about it, but it's the same for you too. No, they're going to be throwing it at you too. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean. So you're banging how many? How many Japanese girls a night? Are you? I mean, when, when like back in the Pride days, it's just you and Chuck just running trains on girls. Oh come on, now that's not even right. Okay. Ever. Although so, we although we did tag team Krokop, because if it wasn't for Chuck Liddell, Oh my god. We beat up we beat Krokop down together because Chuck okay. Liddell for six days straight before I fought Krokop trained me. Oh nice. I didn't I didn't know anything about fighting a southpaw or fighting a kickboxer and Chuck for six days in Japan was come and help me train for Krokop and literally what he showed me was the reason why I knocked him out. Wow. So that's what, fucking awesome. Now what I mean what did what did, what did Chuck show you? What was it I mean just He showed me stances. He showed me the preparation like when a guy goes to throw a kick that all the little tails that they give. Mm. And how to attack how to attack the guy that's throwing the kick. If a guy's throwing a kick and he's trying to kick me with his right leg, attack his left shoulder push him off balance. He's going to hit you, but it's just not going to be the powerful hit that he would get if you wouldn't push the shoulder. So finally, the day of the fight, I said, well, Chuck, can I just throw a hook and hit him? He's like, that's it. That's exactly what you should do. Be ready. And sure enough, I hit him with the left hook and dropped him. And, and when the fight was over, I was just standing there walking around the ring like, damn, I can't fucking believe. Wow, that was fucking easy. You know, I, that's exactly what I was saying to myself. And Chuck jumped in the ring and was like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I, it kind of shocked me. I said, I don't know. What's the matter? Why aren't you going crazy? I said, I, I don't know. Why the fuck go crazy? Mark Coleman and, and Chuck and we're in the ring going crazy. That, it was funny. We got back to the got back to the thing and like Chuck didn't eat, Chuck was like, he didn't even know what to do. He's like, Yeah, that's random and that's awesome. I don't get excited after fights, you know. I I I really do love fighting. I love every day. You know, I'm training three days. I train three times a day when I fought. I don't care what anyone says. Like, you wow, just, it's like a job. It was a job I loved. The it, only job that I ever loved. Are you, were you the kind of Are you the kind of fighter that really enjoys like the process, almost yes. sometimes more than the fight? Yes. Yeah. The fight is sometimes the fight. Most of the time is a letdown. Because, like I say, if you've got a good stable of people around you, yeah, like when you're like overly prepared, it just doesn't go. They're gonna beat you down. Yeah, they're gonna be. They they like you. They love you. They want to see you win. But in practice, they want to beat you down, and that's where you're. That's where you win the fight. Yeah. Because in the fight, they never. I've never fought someone whose hands were faster than me. Yeah. They would throw punches, and I'd move out the way like Spider Man did, and then and, and moving like, holy shit, that was so slow, dude. Wow. So, you know, it's, man, I, I love the process. You are so right. I love the process. It's a beautiful I thing. I love getting punched in the face. It's a beautiful thing, I'm telling you. Now, now, uh, now, you were telling me that Dana got upset with you for hopping over the ring. <laughs> yeah, he shut that down real quick. <laughs> Holy shit. What happened? He said, you ever jump over that fence again, I'll kick your ass myself. <laughs> I, I'm done, dude. I ain't going to never jump over that ring. One, I want to kick my ass. I want you to kick my ass. And two, I want to keep working for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, you know. I forget who it was for. Maybe Pedro Hizzo or maybe Pedro. I, I think I, I won the fight, so that's where that's where I got away with it. But I think it was Pedro Hizzo I jumped over, and when I jumped, I, li I literally just grabbed the top of it and leaped over it, and I did. I got over the motherfucker. I was tripping. 
I myself was surprised. Because <laughs> then when I landed, I was off balance, and I landed, and my leg almost hyperextended. And I looked back, and Dana White was like, <laughs> now, but someone said, Now, someone said there was a fight where you knocked yourself out before the fight. What? Did that happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened I there? Was in, I was in uh, Lake Charles, Missouri. I mean, Lake Charles, Mississippi. And I was fighting Pedro Hizzle the first time. And, you know, it was... It was a big, it was like a big convention center kind of place. And they they didn't have, they, they had too many seats and not enough people to fill them. So they had a lot of those, you know, when you have a concert or something, they put up the big canopies with all the steel bars. They put, they put it together and they put stuff so they can't see behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, those pipes were all sitting behind a curtain. When I was behind the scenes, I saw the pipes. So that was no big deal. I walked out safe i went out and fans saw me so they came down to get autographs and pictures with me well uh, one of the cops came down and said hey man if you could you mind moving back back to the back because all these fans are going to be coming down and it's going to be crazy trying to get these fans out of here i said okay no problem mark coleman came up to me and said hey man it's time for you to get come back and get warmed up so i went in the back i was running i put my walkman back on remember the old walkmans at the table yeah. mm-hmm. we've come a long way yeah so I went, went running back, and as I was running back, I ran through the part of the c- curtains that had all the pipes, and I wasn't thinking about it. I'm an athlete. I've got my music on. I'm thinking about punching them five times in the face. And I hit the pipes. Feet went up in the air, and I woke up with, like, two or three white guys <laughs> in my face. Oh, and man. Soon, and, and when I woke I woke, I, when I came to, I freaking just grabbed both two of them by the throat and was, like, trying to choke them. Like, I don't know what's going on, but... <laughs> Like, you're in my face right now. And they're like, dude, dude, calm down, man. You were out. You were out. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Get me up off the ground before someone sees me. It's too late. People saw you. Well, get me up anyway. Oh, man. So I ran back to my locker room and I threw up a couple. I tried not to let anyone see it because, you know, you throw up. They know you got a concussion. Ran around the building and threw up a little bit. And and, uh, and then you fought with a concussion. No, he didn't fight. He didn't uh, fight, fight. No, I didn't fight. They canceled it. Uh, man. They canceled it because they had some they had some punk. Well, I shouldn't say punk because they were just trying to protect me, which is one of the great things that, you know, people got to remember. This sport used to be barbaric. Yeah. It's not barbaric anymore. It's beautiful to watch women climb into a ring against someone of their size, their strength, and their, you know, they're, they're maybe not abilities because some people are really fantastic when you watch them. Um, and just let them watch them go. It's like a chess match, but it's it's like human evolution. This is what we used to do back in the day. Now we've got men and women just banging it out, you know, contact, punch for punch, blow for blow, toe to toe. They just going at it. Yeah. That's yeah. the beauty of what MMA is. I, I it totally makes agree. the smallest guy feel like he can be the most powerful man in the world. And true. You don't see people fucking with 125-pound men no more, do you? No. Or women. People, people back off. Or women. You dang right, because I don't, I don't fuck around with women anyway. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't fight women, and they throw punches. My wife hit me once. <laughs> <laughs> I made a statement I shouldn't have made, and she has a six-two-and-a-half reach, and I was, probably, I was probably five feet away from her. So when she punched through me, I was like, yo, you know what? That's it. 
I'm not training there no more. <laughs> no, no more boxes. You, know, you hear me? I was like, next time you you next time you do that, I'm telling you right now, I'm gonna flash back to Tito day. <laughs> now, we laughed about it, but you know, I was like, I forgot. You know, she was, she every, was kind of like, you're hurts. gonna learn today. Yeah, the, the, the funniest one is when Kevin told me to roast him, and I did. He's like, well, oh, he's like, what are you gonna roast me? And I started roasting him, and then I got uh, all these people on Twitter started roasting him, and I get a phone call, hey man, tell him to stop, but my wife's gonna kill me. Oh, <laughs> That was a mistake. I was tripping. I was like, "Man, it's fucking roast." I got roasted, man, and it didn't feel. It didn't feel. It felt like shit. <laughs> like I, I expected them to talk shit about me, throw in steroids stories and and all kinds of stuff. I said, like, reached out to them. I said, "Yo, dude, man, I thought you were gonna roast me." And they were like, well, "We don't want you getting mad at us and kicking our ass if we ever meet up. If we ever meet." So I was like, "No, dude, man, roast me like you would roast anyone else." And then, sure enough, my wife you got what you like, asked for. Yeah. <laughs> My wife was like, why the fuck would you let someone's rush you? Because I mean, you're going to get pissed off, and then you're going to get pissed off, and you're going to want to kick someone's ass. So you should stop it. And I'm like, no, it's all right. And I'm watching the post, and I'm like, oh, shit, that was harsh. Oh, that hurt me. Oh, my son felt out when he ain't even born yet. Oh, my gosh, that's terrible. Oh, please, you guys, stop. Please. I called a couple times, sent a text. Please stop whatever you're doing. Stop the bleeding. It's killing me. Stitch me up. I'm good. That was one of the so funniest I got, things. I got awesome. roasted very well. That was so funny. Now, I got I to gotta say, last time you, you started to talk about how in the early UFC days, you would go into the locker room and people would be doing steroids. People would be having sex. There'd be drug dealers in there. I, I mean, was it insane or what? Wow. Before the, before the Petitas got a hold of this great organization, there was a lot of things that were allowed to go on. You didn't have you didn't have red coats. You didn't you, there were no red coats walking you around, ushering you around. There were no tags. You didn't get tags. I could walk out and grab four girls and bring them back into my locker room if I wanted. And they didn't care. I was the man. They would let anyone pass through. You know there was no there was no VIP section. There was no floor seats or anything. You know you got to you got to seat what you wanted if you got there early enough. So I'm not, I never saw anyone doing steroids. Right. But sex in the locker room, absolutely. That's definitely, definitely a, a goal. That's a goal. That's a goal, Captain, Captain America. That's a goal. <laughs> definitely. Um, <laughs> that, that was it. There, that was, was, there was definitely, there were definitely situations where um, I've seen, you know, drugs being used. Yeah. But steroids, I can never say anything about steroids. But I can say that there were drugs, you know, there was I've seen coke being used and stuff, but when Dana got the company, that shit stopped. Yeah. You know, there was there was there was protocols. There were you know, it, it made it safe for us. You know, people we can knock Dana White and we want to get paid more money and all that shit, but you know, you think think about it. The sport's been around, and it's been mainstream for mm, let's say five, six years, where people, you know, kids, kids are actually parents are crazy parents are actually training their kids at five to be fighters. I don't know why you would want your kid to get punched in the face but with an MMA glove at seven, eight years old, but to each his own. Um, but it was it was not safe. You know, you can get hurt and. You know, just like all the other shows, you know, you 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 can get headbutted. You know, they changed so many rules. Yeah. Boss Rutan in my fight changed the l- rules to rounds. 
you know, rounds. You know, we 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 were the last fight. We were the last fight that we fought straight minutes. It was just straight time, twenty minutes straight, and then three minutes overtime. That was, and by the way, that was a bullshit fight. You won that fight. I don't care what he says. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I know Boss Hooten, if he's listening to this, he's like, like, fuck that man. I beat that guy. <laughs> I love you, Boss. I love you. <laughs> a boss is a awesome. Fight. I, I, I enjoy watching it just to see how, how far the sport's gone, really. Well, listen, awesome. Kevin. Uh, I am so happy you came back on the podcast. You, you have Me no too. You, 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 honestly, you're the most. You and Hector Lombard are the two most requested guests we get on the podcast, and uh, you are one of a kind, man. And I can't wait to read your book. I'm so happy that you got the hip replacement. Everything's okay. You're overcoming the staff. I've never seen a worse staff infection in my life. That was like I don't know if you know he had staff infection that was like a like it was like three bullets. It was like someone threw a cannon Ugh. through his. It was horrible. But you overcame. They had to take off my. They took my right pectoral muscle and my right latissimus lat, lat muscle off. Wow. They cut it and put it in the trash. I was pissed. <laughs> Holy shit! But you over. I was trying to kill. I was trying to get my hands on doctors that day. <laughs> but you overcame all of it. You overcame all of it, and you look great, man. Yeah, uh, people said on Instagram you look younger now than you did when you were fighting. So uh, you you, you, you do a great clean man. living. Good clean I mean, living. My my, you met my wife. I love. She, she's a real. She's she's as real of a chick as they come. Yeah. And when it comes to ride or die, boy, I mean, I'd rather have her two hands behind me fighting with me than anybody else's. That's awesome. And then you and then you you are still working with the kids with the uh, the uh, wrestling camp, right? Yes, we have a wrestling team called Monster uh, Monster Academy, which which Scott Kimball, who's a great great uh, mentor to kids. We've got about 60 kids, and with our luck, every one of those kids will get a scholarship to college when they finish with our program and get their state championships. And you know, we just want to we just want to build as many citizens that would be willing to come back and help other kids become better citizens. So listen, people, if you're listening, uh, the monster loves hearing you from Twitter. I, I, from Twitter, uh, I, know, I know I know you love hearing from the fans. You are you are a legend, and uh, I really, really, really appreciate you coming on our show, man. Soon as I soon as I get this book finished, Adam, I'm going to send it to you so that you can start telling everybody how crazy <laughs> really was real and the, the Hello Kitties, which, the, Hello <laughs> Kitty, the Hello Kitty stories are absolutely true. I can't wait to hear about it, Kevin. <laughs> well, take care, Kev. Take care. Have a good one, Kevin. Wait, wait. The young lady that's on the show with you, I want to write her name down because I want to follow her now. Uh, I'm a fan. Marina, M-A-R-I-N-A. Shafir, S H A F I R. I really appreciate that, Kevin. And where can people follow you on Twitter? Me? Yeah. The monster. The, the monster. The monster. That's my. That's my. That's my call sign. The monster. Cool. Well, thanks a lot, Kevin. Have a great rest of the week. Thank you, guys, and you, and good luck with your career, Marina. I'll Thank be watching you. for you. Thank you very much. All right. All right. God bless you guys. And happy New Year to everybody. Happy uh, New Year. Happy New Year, Kevin. 2015 is our year. Take care, brother. Bye. All right. That was Kevin Randleman. Wow. <laughs> what a stand-up guy. Seriously. I'm a fan for the rest of my life. Oh, my God. How do you not like that guy, huh? Yeah, that was so funny. I can't wait to read his book. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, back in the day. Kevin Randleman. Holy shit. Yeah, he was uh he was he was a straight up beast. Monster. Dang. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Randleman, former UFC champion. Uh just uh 
all around badass. Uh, so he was a guy. You ever see that, that clip of the guy who tossed Fedor on, on his head? Yeah, That's, that was that, him. That was him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, uh, thank you for being on our show and uh, take care. Oh, should we close up the show? Yeah, let's close up okay. the show. Well, that was our show. Uh, we have two more shows this week with Joe with Joe Warren and Aljamain Sterling. Uh, thank you, Kevin Randleman. Thank you, Marina Shafir. Thank you, DJ Shrope. Thank you, Fox Sports. Uh, this weekend, I will be headlining the Madhouse Comedy Club in San Diego. That's Wednesday night. I'll be there. And Friday and Saturday. Hope you can come to this show. How about you, Marina? You can find me on Marina. <laughs> I'm Marina Shavir everywhere. He, to- he totally forgot that you were even here. <laughs> I know. He was, he was this in, show, yeah, he I'm was just, in comedy yeah. mode. Come uh, see me at the Lack Factory. No, You're not, so red. Uh, you can no. just find me everywhere. Yeah. Yes. Have a good one, guys. Thank you. Thank you.